Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Folks, before we get to another episode, it's an exciting time. The hockey's back. The boys are back. Not the Concord and Canucks, folks, but the BC Kings, our spring AAA team, if you call it that, that Colby would have been a part of. It's all been canceled because of this lockdown. Well, um, this wonderful pod that I invested in with a Zoom membership also gave me the idea watching Hendrix hockey and the episode I deleted with Hendo. Um, he inspired me to uh, do a zoom with all, with all the boys. So we did a zoom and the, the guys listened. Um, they worked hard, worked on their shot, their stick handling, but you know, exciting news in the hockey world is, is, is my buddies are the best. And uh, my new idea is uh, instead of me doing it, um, the kids probably think it's really cool if other guys um, host the Zoom. So Justin Kelly, episode nine, the goat of Germany, Jersey retired. He is willing to come on and host our Zoom stick handling drills this week, folks. People helping people. It's a powerful thing. And next week, Hendricks Hockey in Wales. So the boys have no idea, but the Bruce County Kings are about to have some wonderful guest instructors um via zoom so thanks guys i really do appreciate it and uh you boys are pretty lucky so uh anyways enjoy another episode and todd kelman i only wanted one percent you offered me 2.3 percent and then you take it away how dare you Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 36-year-old from Canton, Michigan. He's a former captain of the Toronto Marlies. His hockey journey took him to the USA, Canada, Czech Republic, Germany, Italy, and he was a fan favorite, maybe, I'm not sure, for the Belfast Giants in Northern Ireland. And uh, he also got to play... uh, three games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, he also dominated the CCHA with the Bowling Green State University. Uh, Do they have a name? I don't think so. Anyways, welcome to the podcast, Alex Foster. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm ready to rock it. Let's go. (laughs) So uh, basically I usually start with how we know each other and we don't, we don't really, Um, we played against each other in college. Um, we were in a bit of a scoring race, I think, one year. Um, but we uh, we were buddies or whatever you call it on LinkedIn. And I was going through my LinkedIn friends and I said, huh, that would be an interesting podcast. And I wrote to you and you accepted the offer, eh? So thank you. 
Yeah, no worries. And you're you're right. We were we were battling. It was like the battle of the basements with Western Michigan and Bowling Green, I think. And and it wasn't really who won the game. It was who had more points, Wally or, or Foster. So I was always <laughs> keeping my eye on you. So it was good. Oh yeah, I that's actually and the other part of why I know you and why I really followed your career was you probably don't even know this, but um, my agent told me the last week of college that the Leafs are going to sign either me or you. <laughs> and my team was in like last place. And we, we, we decided to upset Lake State. And um, you guys lost the first round. And you signed with the Leafs. And I went into a second round of playoffs. And then after I got put out, they're like, well, we got maybe one entry-level contract left. And I we don't think you're the guy. <laughs> So the fact that we sucked more, I got an opportunity where you missed out on. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't, I think they were going to take you anyways, especially now that, that my research team has been hard at work today. Um, but I just know that they were interested in both of us and you ended up losing the first round. And uh, yeah. I guess my playoff prowess um, cost me that season. But uh, no, after doing my research today, um, there's no way they would have signed me over you, especially with the family ties you got too, um, which I guess we'll get into here. So anyways, that's why I tracked your career the whole time. Yeah. Cause I always wondered like, you know, what if I would have signed with Leafs? Cause I almost did after that with an HL deal, um, and decided to mm -hmm. go to Syracuse anyways, which was a bad choice, but I played against you there, but in my research, I saw your old man, Dwight Foster, played over 500 games in the show. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me I about his I'm, career a bit? I'm lagging on you a little bit, so I'm catching. I'm catching. Uh, I'm catching the kind of the tail end of of what you're telling me. I'm kind of lagging a little bit, but I, I know you mentioned my dad and in his career, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, he he was. I don't want to say like an opposite kind of player as me, but, but uh, we, we were both centermen. So we had that kind of similarities going, but I mean, he was a first round draft pick. He, he played for the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. And I think to this day, he still has like the scoring records for Kitchener. Like he's got the most goals of all time, like the most points and he's got his banner raised. And like I said, first round draft pick, so, so I, I, I tried to take what I could from him, but I was more of like, a, you know, when I started going playing pro, I was more of like your third line. Like you put me on the third line in any league and I was like the best third liner you were ever going to find. But you put me on the first line, it didn't really work. I could maybe squeeze out a second line somewhere, but I was like the best third line player you could ever find. So yeah, some similarities, but yeah, he had a, a one heck of a career. That's for sure. That's interesting to me because you were like an elite scorer in college. Like you had over 50 points one year. Yeah. My sophomore year I, I did. So my freshman year, I did pretty, I did well for my freshman year, really well. Like it was me and another freshman, Jonathan Matsumoto. We came in as freshmen together. We were line mates and we led the team in scoring. I think he had like, 33 points I had 31 points like our freshman year and then obviously our sophomore year we kept playing together and I had like yeah 51 points my sophomore year but I was still like 
I was a late bloomer, man. Like I, it wasn't until my last year junior where I like started actually like scoring and getting points and like being like an offensive threat, I guess. So I think I was still coming into my own in college and I started figuring it out and I maybe should have given it a couple more, couple more years at, uh, at BG to, to really hone in on that. Oh, I, yeah. Um, well, one question I had, cause it also said, uh, your uncle played. So with that, it wasn't mm -hmm. last name wasn't Foster. So is that your mom's side or also, also athletes? Uh, no. So it was, so my dad, he's, he's got three sisters and it was one of my, my aunts, my dad's sister, she had married a hockey guy. So it was a, my aunt Darlene Foster, obviously got married to Wes Jarvis. Uh, uh, but it was a, through marriage, through marriage. Gotcha. Okay. And now my other question, just cause I think I pieced the puzzle together today, looking at your old man's career from 82 to 86. Um, cause he was a Canadian boy. He plays for the Detroit Red Wings and, um, you are born right in around when I was born, I think 80, what 84 you are. So that means, uh, you were, yeah. you're born while he's a Red Wing. So he's met a Michigander and now you have grown up in Michigan and you now reside there. Yeah, you're almost there. So oh. both my parents are Canadian actually. Yeah. My, my mom is actually from like the, you know, Toronto Kitchener area. And they got a crazy story, actually. So my dad, the year before he got drafted to Boston, he's playing for Kitchener. He had met her through like, they went to like the county fair or whatever. And they had met through friends or she was with a group. He was with a group and they had met and they hung out the one day. And then uh, they basically went on like one date. He left, he left to go for like the preseason for Boston, like pre like the like summer camp and then came back. They ended up going on like one more date. When he came back, he left to go to Boston to play uh, 10 games into his career. He blew out his knee 10 games into his career. And uh, she like heard that on the radio. She like was listening to it on the radio and she drove to Boston and like visited him at the hospital. And that was it. The rest is and history, something you never, the, the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. So they kind of had a crazy story, but, but no, like he stayed, you know, we stayed in Detroit. They must've loved it or whatever, but they both stayed ever since we've been in Michigan. So. Okay. Well, that leads us into my next part of the show, which is um, where and what are you doing now? And I also, because I know you got them, uh, tell me about your kids. Yeah. Um, so now I, I'm in the art industry. I'm my own company. I have one business partner. Our company name, actually, I'm wearing a shirt. Uh, it's Mortgage City. Uh, so I'm an independent mortgage broker. And so any, anything, uh, refinance or purchases, conventional FHA, VA, USDA, any kind of residential mortgage, I would be the guy for you. And I'm licensed right now in Michigan and in Florida. Uh, we're in the process of bringing on a couple extra States. Um, but yeah, so just, so, so I don't know if we really, then, um, I don't know if we really have that around Ontario. So 
Mortgage City. That's so. Okay. Usually, like I would go through a bank, right? Nice. Like I'd go through my bank in Canada. So it's what? So yeah, that. So that, that that would be the difference. So you can do that here. Like let's say there's Chase Bank or Wells Fargo Bank or you know these banks. You could go to a bank and get a mortgage for sure. Uh, but there's there's the you know problem of you know it's, it's kind of like a take it or leave it. They have their set of rules, their guidelines, they have their pricing, which is either a good pricing or not. And you're kind of like take it or leave it. Whereas I'm an independent mortgage broker, so I'm approved to do business with like basically wholesale banks. So I have just like access to more competitive rates and I can choose which banks I want to send my business to. And uh, I'm not employed by any one of these lenders or banks. So we just have access to like a better rate sheet because they don't pay up. They don't like, we're not employed by them. Uh, and then also they're fighting for our business. Like they're fighting for us to bring our refinances and purchases to that bank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm just basically, if you can think of like an insurance broker, like if you're going to shop your car insurance, like it's the same thing for kind of mortgages. Um, and yeah, there's like a bunch of different competitive advantages going through a broker versus like your retail bank. So. Gotcha. Well, that's exciting uh, that you yeah. found, found something you're into. I can tell by listening to you talk that you're into it. You're enjoying it. Eh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, after I retired, I got into the industry working for a bank, like working for a lender. So I learned the industry. I, I worked on the lender side of things and then kind of learned what I needed to learn. And then I, I just was like, Hey, I, I don't really feel like working for someone else and punching in and out for lunch. And, and, you know, I want to do what I want to do. Cause as you mentioned, I have kids. So when that time comes, if they do play hockey or sports or extracurricular activity, anything, whatever it is, I want to be able to come and go and take my kids to their activities and not have to, you know, not be able to go because I'm, I'm a nine to six or a nine to five kind of guy. So for sure. No, that's great. So how old were the kids? Did you say? Yep. So my son, Jack, he will be seven in October and uh, I have a daughter Piper. She'll be four in June coming up. So like six and a half and almost four. Nice. Yeah. I'm right in that yep. sa- uh, same wheelhouse. I'm eight and six. Um, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. You're a little ahead of me. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, okay. Next question then is uh, your minor hockey journey that takes you to Bowling Green. Just give me the story of that. Um, so yeah, are you, you're familiar with, yeah, you were in at Western Michigan. So you're familiar with probably some of the local teams here. So I grew up mostly playing um, for CompuWare growing up. Um, like a spring season on Little Caesars. And I might even have tried out for like Honey Baked one spring season or something. But pretty much the majority of my youth hockey was CompuWare. So CompuWare up until like midget majors. And then I was able to uh, make, there was like different under 17 and under 16 like team michigans do you ever do you remember that type of like camp or like Uh, summer competitions there was like a team michigan so i made team michigan one one time which led me to being recruited to go out to the ushl like junior a after so it's like compuware 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 and then i ended up getting kind of spotted and you know was able to get out to play junior a in the ushl 
Okay. Um, your internet sucks, by the way. You might have to bump that up there at Mortgage City. I, I know. So I'm at home and, I, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming all of the kids are probably on Netflix or doing something like that. So I'm like, God, get off the internet. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just messing around. It's okay. It's only happened a couple times here, but um, so the USHL, that that's when it would have just been getting big, eh? Cause it's become massive. I mean, yeah. Well, the crazy thing is too, is I, I actually, the CompuWare Junior A program, they, they've now gone away with like a Junior A program in the NHL. But at the time, they wanted me to play for CompuWare in the Junior A program. And at the time, I just did not like the, the coach or the coach that was going to be the coach. And so I ended up just taking a leap of faith and leaving my backyard pretty much living at home, playing for CompuWare like I always did, and then playing Junior A. And I went out to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, played for the Stampede. And, but yeah, it was, it was considered to be a, a better league than the NHL. That's what I had been told at that time. So I was like, yeah, let's just try that and see how it goes. So yeah, it was, it was getting big at the time when I was there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you say you, you, you weren't feeling the coach and it's your backyard, like it, the coach and you, you have feelings of whether or not coaches like you, whether or not they're going to play you, whether or not they're going to put you in good positions. And like, if you have that feeling going into a season at that age, where it really does matter how your seasons go, like, I, I think it's a no brainer. You got to go. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy too. Like, as you're older now and you like see all these other young kids coming up through the ranks. Like, so the story behind why I didn't like the coach, he, I used to work at the rinks pro shop and he was like the manager at the time. So I actually knew him a little bit, like as I was younger. And there was one day that I had this main black bears, like CCM hat was like my favorite hat when I was a kid, like, is that you know is that your favorite team or whatever and I was like yeah I love this hat so he's like oh let me see it and he hand and I hand him my hat and it was like I was working at the pro shop at the time and he takes the hat and he ems the hat so he like yeah ems it and like ruins my bill of my hat and like chucks it back to me and like starts laughing for no reason and so for me for no (laughs) for no reason so I that was for me that stuck to me yeah and I was like and then there, then there was an opportunity. They wanted to tender me and wanted me to play for their team. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I left. So it's just crazy. It's like for new coaches listening or anyone listening, like you never know what it could be. Something could stick with a kid and maybe you thought you were joking or, or whatever. And, but you missed out on maybe what would have been a good junior A player. Who knows? But yeah, because you're an idiot. <laughs> no, I... I totally understand that completely. <laughs> uh, <coughs> so you go to the USHL and then how do you get from there to uh, committing to Bowling Green? Um, so I was, so I played three years of junior. So I, like I said, my first and second year, I was a decent player, but I was like your, you know, middle of the roster type player, like third line, you know, whatever. And it wasn't until my last year, I ended up playing 
switching teams and I was playing for the Danville Wings, who was in the USHL at the time. And um, I, maybe it was just a combination of getting a little bit older, stronger. But yeah, we had the beginning uh, tournament at the Buck Bowl. Do you remember, have you heard of, do you remember the Buck Bowl? It's like a oh, tournament no. that's in Des Moines, Iowa. No, it's, I don't know anything about yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's a tournament. <laughs> I don't know it's anything about the USHL or anything. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So there's a tournament. It's like it's like a showcase. You know, all the teams, they're, they're going and uh, college, you know, colleges are coming out watching. It's, a, it's an easy way for them to see a ton of kids. And um, yeah, I actually probably played my best hockey at that tournament. But I don't think I think out of like four games, I might have had like one assist out of four games. But I just played so well, like I just couldn't score or whatever. But I, I actually was like man I was awesome even though I didn't score and then that's Bowling Green was there and they they came to me and they just they really said the right things and wanted to I think they offered me a full scholarship like right right there and um and they just kind of talked about how I was going to play a lot like coming in as a freshman it's the most important thing is to like be playing as I'm sure you know because you played quite a bit your whole career your whole college career You got to play. And, and that was really it. I, I went on some different visits uh, to different schools and had some other offers, but I just, I liked what they said and it wasn't too far from my house. It was like an hour and a half at the time or an hour or something. So I knew I could, you know, my parents could come watch me still, which was, you know, I like, you know, I, I liked that. Um, but yeah, they just saw me early on in the season and, and just kept communicating with me. Um, yeah, that school, I guess I like really in college, all you'd see is the hotel and the arena. And, uh, to me, that area seemed very similar to where I live now. Right. It's very rural, um, farming area, isn't it? Yeah. As you're like driving up to it, you're like, you'll be like five miles away from this college and there'll be, you know, nothing around it looks like uh it's starting to get more built up now like they've added like they've built out their football stadium they've done a whole brand new basketball stadium so like the campus itself is is starting to get really built out and it's really nice but but yeah you, you're right there's not too much in like the, the the surrounding areas i guess so but that's part of the fun well no like i that's it was actually like if that team would have recruited me that that school actually kind of looked like it was in my wheelhouse just for the type of person I am. I, 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 at that point in my life, I'm not, I was not much of a big city boy and I still really am not other than vacation. So um, my other questions are, I remember I, I, I was my research team here. Cause I, I wanted to check if you play, <laughs> played with BXA because when I played against him in college, man, that guy was an absolute animal. You go into the corner with him and he would just absolutely assault me and there'd be no penalty. I would leave with 10 different bruises and not even know what happened. And then he would be chirping me saying, you better get in the gym, you little punk. And I'd be like, wow, this is college hockey, but you never played with him. eh? No, he, he was leaving the year I was coming in. So I had met him super briefly just on the visit when I would go to the visit. Um, but all the stories from all the guys that were returning as I was coming in as a freshman, they would be like, oh, you missed, you know, BXA. Like, and then they would just share a story. And at the time, 
like he wasn't at the time, like in the NHL yet. And he was just, you know, a guy that had just played college. So in my mind, I was thinking like, you know, yeah, no, whatever. But they're like, dude, he was an animal. And then obviously in the NHL, like an animal. So oh. I wish I would have known him or met him or played with him, but I didn't yeah. get the pleasure. Uh, but you did play with the Sigalettes. Um, I think it was the year I was kind up for the Hobie or whatever was the, when the goalie was, they were brothers mm-hmm. and the goalie was having an incredible year and he had uh, a health issue. Right. And I, like, I couldn't believe what he was doing. What was it again? Yeah. He had, he had MS or I guess he so has he MS, right? Has. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he, he was awesome. Like the best goalie, like, and again, I'm, you know, 19 at the time. So I don't know, like, I'm not thinking the game like you do as you get older. So like, but like his positioning and like the way he could like make me shoot where he wants and like just all this like high level goalie stuff where like, you don't think twice about. And, uh, but yeah, he was, he held our whole team together like my freshman year and uh, was awesome. And then obviously even his younger brother, Jonathan Sigalat for being a year ahead of me in school, but I think he's like two years younger than me. If that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Another. uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. And he was awesome as well. Like super smooth, smart player and bit, you know, and like tall and great skater. Like he's just kind of one of those like all in one type demon. But yeah, the both of them together was like awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I guess my only other question then is because I think we both covered, we both sucked on our teams or our team sucked while we were there. So uh, give me your decision. Cause I was a senior when my agents telling me that they're interested in both of us, which you're only a sophomore. So they're obviously a lot more interested in you. Um, but uh, like, what was there any second guessing signing earlier or no? Um, well, yeah for sure for sure like to bg i didn't even think that was you're you just cut out again you just cut out again oh i was gonna say yeah am am i good now am i on yeah yeah kind of man your internet sucks sucks. should i I yell at my kids and tell them that turn all the turn all the things off no, you can't. No, it's, it's fine. You know what? If the people can't deal with it, you know what? The kids still got to live. Like this is COVID. They all need their screens. eh? <laughs> no, continue oh, on. Outside. Yeah, no, it, it's all good. Go ahead. It was just a blip there when you like said, yeah, there was second guessing. And then I don't know what you said for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So Yes, I had second guesses because I didn't even think I was ever going to play college hockey. Like, so then I got a full scholarship to college. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to get a degree, have no debt, and then I'll just get a job and go work somewhere like everyone else. But like one thing led to another and this, you know, started doing well and getting interest. Um, So yeah, I was not on board with leaving right away. But you know, my, my dad went OHL, so he didn't go to school and he was like, well, 
you know, you never know, like you could get injured the next year. You, you could maybe not do as well. Like, who knows what could happen? So like you have an opportunity now and you can always go back to school if you want to finish your education. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And then, you know, that was kind of like the, that was it. That was it. After that, I was like, yeah, I got to try to strike while the iron's hot kind of thing. Um, I know exactly what he's getting at is because you can always finish school. Yeah, you might have to pay for it, but um, you can always do that. And in the hockey world, you, I, I figured this out, especially when I had offers to go to the first league in Germany. And um, I decided that like, basically a little more money in the second league than what I was getting off in the first league was, was worth it. But like in the hockey world, it's, you don't always get the opportunity to go up. You can always go down. Right. That's so true. That's so true. That's especially true in Europe. Yes. Europe is like, you gotta just, when you go to Europe, play in the absolute highest league you can even if it's for free, because then you're just going to get offers from any other league below that from the rest of your career. Absolutely. And it's just like the guys, well, I guess you're one of them. You, yeah. Asshole is you have a couple games on your NHL resume. Like there's guys that like, I'm not saying it's you cause I've seen you play and you're good. Uh, I'm talking about there's other guys that if they get a cup of coffee in the NHL, the European teams are so mm-hmm. happy they're so happy that they can say we are signing a former St. Louis blue or Boston Bruin. And they really only played like five seconds of a game and they can tell their team that they're former NHLers. The fans are way happier. And then those guys come over some of them. And you're like, I didn't, I didn't realize that there were players like that in the NHL. (laughs) But anyways, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's that was a rant. Just true. being in the second league in Germany, you know, it hurt for a while. <laughs> Why you did you you crushed it, man? You probably had way more fun than anyone who like went to the DEL and didn't play that much, or or they were better in the A or the East Coast, but then they went to the DEL and they didn't do that well, and it wasn't fun, man. Like no, you that to stay in the same city. Yeah. And play what five or six years in the same city. You probably had so much fun. No, it was, uh, that was the decision that a couple points there was I could stay in a second league where there's only four or five imports and, uh, be the man, be the first line power play, first line penalty kill. Um, and I play a ton and basically the, I was at the kind of the ceiling for money in the second league, but I could have gone to the first league for a little less money, but then I would have started out on the third, fourth line, had to grind away to try and work my way up to try and get the bigger payday. And I did choose to stay in the second league and uh, I did enjoy it. And it, I mean, in hockey, it is pretty fun to be the guy, right? <laughs> for sure. Another reason why leaving school was, was tough. Like I, you were the guy. Like, Yeah, it was like I was a sophomore and I was the top guy on my team at the time, you know, like and the other league, man. Weren't we set were we second team all CHA? Were you on that team? You didn't make the first team, right? No. 
Mm, yeah. Maybe it's because our team Polit- politics. <laughs> yeah, geez. Well, our teams never did win. You know, I think there's something to do with like making playoffs and, and like you can't win <laughs> personal awards unless your team wins a game or two. But anywho, yeah. <laughs> where were we? <laughs> oh yeah, Europe. Uh, we're not at Europe yet, are we? You're okay. We got to. Okay, we were talking about Europe. Why were we talking about Europe already? Because signing early and going up and down. That's what we were doing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got sidetracked. My bad. Okay. Sorry, my bad too. No, it's all good. Um, so it's your time with the Leafs organization. Um, and you signed that entry level deal, and um, you actually end up playing parts of seven seasons with the Leafs organization. Yeah, it was like yeah, I was gonna say six or seven. I don't know, something like that. It's all a blur. If you count but, yeah, your senior was, year. Left. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah, because I left and then played some games, kind of thing. The yeah. research team. I got a full yeah. research team here. <laughs> the research team that fills up your your pint there, your Stein. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So how how was the Leafs organization? Because I I did go after they signed you that that summer. I did go and have an interview. Had a fitness test. They said everything went great and um, they, they weren't going to give me their last entry level deal. They weren't sure yet. They offered me an AHL deal one way. And my agent told me to go with Syracuse instead, which was looking back on it. Hmm. It doesn't really matter, but that team had written me off beforehand. So I was just curious what that organization was all about. Cause I was very close to being a part of it there. That would have been awesome. Uh, but yeah, they do a great job. I mean, at the time, I know probably all AHL teams do this now, like in terms of, you know, like the meals and supplements and like bringing in some food after or before practice or having like a, whatever, like a little mini kitchen in the room, like, but they had like an, an NHL type thing. Like they just, whatever the Leafs did, they pretty much did it for the Marlies, but like on a smaller scale, but you know, still top of the line, whatever stuff. So like in that sense, it was awesome. Um, and I mean, I had nothing to base it off of, so I thought it was normal, but yeah, it was, it was a great organization to be in. Um, there was, there was parts of it that I didn't like in terms of it's such a hockey hub, as you know, being from the, you know, from the area that things other things or so like for example you know being drafted or not being drafted and you know having their their analysts saying let's call these guys up we drafted them or you know what I mean like I wasn't one of the guys I guess so to speak just because I was a free agent um but I mean like you said it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter now so no and I totally understand other I don't understand why your internet's so bad because you did get a bit choppy right when you were explaining that being a free agent and all the scouts and all the guys who their jobs depend on the players they draft, if they become good or not. And I spoke with Stan Butler earlier and he says, every player gets better at different ages. You never know who's going to be good at what age. And that guy's been around the game. He's 65 years old. He knows how it is. And he said like, but there are those politics. There are, if, if you're drafted first, second round, you're going to get every opportunity to crack the lineups 
because there's a scout that's going to look bad if you don't. Um, and then these free agents, like whoever makes that decision to bring you in. I mean, we weren't big enough names. I mean, you were bigger than me at the time, but like, um, yeah, you got to have a guy that has your back in the organization that like they got some skin in the game with you. Right. For sure. Like I'll never forget like the one, the time I did get called up, I actually got called up a couple times. I didn't get, I didn't play on some of the call-ups, but so I got called up on one of the times and my coach told me this at the time they wanted to, they were sitting around like the, the round table and they were like, we, we needed a guy. There were some injuries. They needed a call up. And it was like, who should we call up? And they were throwing some names around. Like there was like Robbie Earl and, um john mitchell and there's some other names and then finally I, I don't know who it was but someone at the table was like like what about alex foster like he's playing the best out of everyone right now like he's been playing awesome like whatever it's like spoke up and said something and then then they called me up like so it was just like if he doesn't literally have to like speak up over someone because the other guys were drafted and they were also playing well but uh and whoever yeah, said that I mean, whoever like, said that that day was putting his neck on the line for you realistically yeah yeah totally so i mean it it's just crazy though how easy it is for them to just go right to like the the draft picks and this is we're talking you know a while ago now i, I guess i can't speak to how it is now but for us it was more of a little bit more of like an old boys club a little bit or like you know draft picks you know type type thing so I don't think it's changed nowadays. Like if they're not in the NHL straight out of diapers, like they can't make it. Right. So, <laughs> um, well, like if they're not in the NHL by 20 now, it's like, geez, man, what a bust. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Not us though. We, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, I'm no. a late bloomer. I, I, I was a late bloomer. Give me till 25. Yeah, no, I was a late bloomer too. I'm not sure if I really did bloom that much, but we tried to. Okay, so you did uh, become the captain of the Marlies, which is really cool. Um, and that's, I mean, being a captain of any team is pretty cool, but like the baby Leafs, that's really cool. Um, but the other thing is you did play three games in the NHL. And when I, I clicked on like the year you did that, the uh, leading scorer was Matt Sundin. So did you play with him? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I don't know if, I know for sure on one of the games he was like injured and didn't play, but I actually honestly can't remember. I know I did sit and have breakfast with along for the ride in Florida. You can't cut did, out when you're talking about having breakfast with Matt Sundin. My goodness. Sorry. I'm back now. I can kind of tell when I'm going to cut out too. You, your head, your big head freezes on me. And then I'm like, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> you don't see the double chin wiggling anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was just along for the ride in Florida. And I, apparently guys don't get up for breakfast or, or at the time they didn't. So I got up to have team breakfast and he did as well. Or we got up early, I guess. And he flagged me down to come sit with him because we were the only two down for breakfast. And I was like, geez, like, and he normally, it looked like he normally reads the morning paper. So, cause he had the paper with him because he sits by himself or he sat by himself, but he put the paper down and he called me over and, and was like asking questions about me and 
where I was from and where I was playing and everything and super nice guy about it. And, and obviously I was like one word answers and just trying to like be polite and, and, uh, but yeah, he was a really nice guy when I was up for, you know, the cup of coffee that I had. So. Yeah, no. And I, from what I hear is Swedes in general, like I yeah. never got to know too many of them because I didn't play in Sweden, but I have never heard a bad word about any Swede, really. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I'll suck at that. I played with, with a number of Swedes, and they're always awesome, like great teammates, super nice, awesome at hockey, like so. And, yeah, and humble, and humble. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um. Anything else you want to say about the Leafs organization? Because that was seven or sorry, six years of your life. And um, like, is there anything else you want to say about it before we move to Sparta Praha? Jeez. Yeah. The last thing. So my one claim to fame NH, I don't have an NHL goal or an assist. So you can never look that up. I don't have but an, a- I don't have an HL one. So deal with that. <laughs> um, so if you ever want to Google, it's tough to find now or YouTube, sorry, YouTube foster gets smoked by like Volchenkov. It's like a, they show like the game's highlights of like Ottawa versus Toronto. Like it, it kind of runs like a two minute highlight clip. And it's the very first 10 seconds of the clip. I get a cross ice pass and I get absolutely just lit up by Volchenkov and my glove almost goes like into the stands and he like blows me up. And that's like my one highlight. So if you ever want to check that out. Um, actually, I do have another question. Like, so you got called up a couple times and never played. So like that first game you ever played in the NHL, who did you play against? And like, what was it like? For when I got called up and didn't play? No, like when you did play, when you finally did play, oh. what was that like? Oh. So I'll never, my first shift, I'll never forget. I I got on the ice. It was against the New York Islanders. And I get on the ice and they ended up just like my line mates just were sorry, the line before just dumped the puck in and then quickly changed. So I got on off the bench first to go for check. And it was Brian Berard going back for the puck in the corner. And I remember like skating from the bench to not even the corner yet. And I was like super tired and like borderline like lightheaded like dizzy because I like couldn't believe I was on the ice and I like was just chasing the puck around for like probably 20 seconds and then just quickly got off like as quick as I could because I was like so nervous and I almost like passed out no I can't imagine I really can't imagine that's what I was like in the AHL (laughs) but which is sad though it's sad because who knows what could have happened if you just had that same confidence at whatever level before you it's a so much a mindset, right? And like so much of, but then coaches too, and what they think of you and where they put you. Like, totally. there's, there's so much to it, but I can't. That's awesome. You got to play in the NHL, man. You have those memories. Like, um, like, yeah, whether you got a goal or an assist, man, you played in the NHL. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and I, I feel like, I don't know, not remind myself, but like I always kind of maybe downplay it. Where is what kids grow up dreaming of one is just playing one NHL game. Like that's the goal, just one game. So it, it's it's pretty cool for sure. But you always wish you could capitalize on you know another opportunity if you were given it. So 
Yeah, no, I understand. You know, you'd think like, you know, when you're hosting this podcast, you're like, geez, this guy played in the NHL. He's going to have great internet. And you're like, nope, sure doesn't. (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. Get off the internet. (laughs) You think they're going to listen to you? Um, Okay, where are we? Okay, we're moving on then because now we're getting into like my territory here. Okay. And uh, here's my, uh, I'm going to, I'll say it now because I have been to not Sparta, Praha. I've been to Prague, um, which is where Praha is. Um, I went to Prague and that is where I, um, I asked my wife to marry me was on that bridge there by the castle. So all these old hockey guys that are listening to this podcast, there is your romantic story for today. And I know everybody can just picture me, Beckham, my dog, making him sit down and asking Lisa to marry me on Charles Bridge in Prague. So there's my tale for today. Um, and uh, how was it playing in Prague? Because I was there for a, like a weekend and it was incredible. Yeah, so I almost did the same thing you did. I got engaged in Prague as well, and I was going to do it on the Charles Bridge, same thing. Oh, man. Um, so am I but, just – am I like everybody else, really? Uh, well, well, when when did you get engaged? I don't know, man. Like, oh, <laughs> oh eight? I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a tough yeah, question you, here. <laughs> so you beat me then so it was like your idea it was i was after you so we're, we're good you're good that was your idea man yeah for sure yeah um but yeah Prague, dude it was and this was pre-kids too so like my now wife was with me and uh we didn't have kids so it was we were we went out way more we were sightseeing way more the city itself was awesome like every day we would go walk and do something and it was it was sweet yeah it was it was awesome the the hockey too like the league was was really tough for me like I thought the hockey was really good uh but like the city and the nightlife and it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun yeah yeah it seemed like a unbelievable city when I saw you played there for like two seasons like wow what like I was there for a weekend and like I was do I tired? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like, man, it's a different life. Like the Czech guys are different too, man. Like, I I I paused. I paused. Oh, yeah, I you did. Head, yeah, you did. Freeze. Yeah, you I, did. That's um. So you said froze, you you so said the Czech guys are different, and then you that you went into one of your things there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I stop. I stop. I paused because I saw your head freeze. So they're they're different because it's like they're the guys and then the the wives. Like it's guy. Like they don't. It's not like hey, let's grab your wife. Let's everyone bring their girls. Let's go out. It's like the guys go do their thing and the wives and the girls stay home and like look after the house or like the house and the kids. So it was like a culture shock in terms of like I brought my fiance with me. And I would be like, hey, the guys are going out and like no other girl is coming. Like, and and so she would stay home sometimes. Sometimes she would come with other girls, but most of the times, like we would do our separate thing and they just go out till like five in the morning. Like there's no, that's it. 
they just go out and they drink and they sit and they smoke and or whatever and it's just like dude i can't i can't keep up with you like this is not normal stuff but <laughs> how many like i said were you the only import were you the only import no there was you're allowed six but but if you're not from czech you're an import so like we had two slovakians so they were like you know, like locals. And then there was two guys from France, but they were, you know, they spoke everyone, you know, they spoke English and was good. So it was me and one other American, Troy Milam. You remember Troy from Ferris? Yeah. The guy, um, Troy is, and then his Troy Milam. Yeah. And his younger brother, Jamie was at Northern, right? Northern. Yep. Yep. So I was there with Troy for the two years. Okay. Uh, at least you had a guy, yeah. right? At least you had like another guy. Yeah, but he was, but same. He was, did single. he, was he, oh, yeah, that's tough for your fiance at the time because we, we went through one year in yeah. beating, we went through one year in Germany where there was a, uh, there was a <laughs> two, two Czech imports and two French Canadian imports and me, I think. It was something like mm. that. And uh, I had my German buddies on the team, but like the import ports, I had went from like, we were like a family, like an absolute family to we might see each other outside the rink. Maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. That was that's when I, that's, that's what, that, that's when I ended it in beating Heim. That's when it was over was right. There was a year like that, but anyways, um, where it's, it can be tough for wives too. Like I, you know, people have asked my wife when she's coming on here to tell some stories of what it's like for the wives. And, um, I don't know if she's into it, but like the wives do have some crazy stories, right? Your wife would have some crazy stories from over there. Yeah, I mean, they went out too. I mean, they had that stuff. And then, I mean, anything, not even just going out and stuff, but like traveling, like through the airport, like documentation, visas. Kids. Uh, like my kids. Well, my son was born in Germany. So we had, you know, we had him in Germany. Mine uh, too. She actually, okay, nice. Yeah, my wife, when we were in Prague, they screwed up and didn't do like her visa. I think they lied about it. And she like got detained and put in jail for like a day until they like sorted it out so she was like first time in europe now she's in jail in prague and no one can speak english and i and it was like a game day and i was like i was like i was like dear i have a i usually take a pregame nap like i can't help you you can't come to the jail and bail me out (laughs) yeah like i'm like i sent my assistant coach and i was like i got a game i can't like so yeah there is they got some stories Oh yeah. No kidding. Absolutely. They do. Yeah. That's, that's uh, your, your wife went to jail. That That's great. Uh, those are the stories though. Like it's like uh, when my dog was lost on the way from Germany to Denmark on a plane, but anywho, I'll get oh, into Oh man. I don't want to talk. We'll talk about that later. He, it was fine. He was on the next, next plane. He just missed ours, but uh, we'll get into that with uh, some other time, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. there, there's some wild stories going over there. And um, next question is um, so the Czech league, you said it was tough. Like 
I know what Swiss, like, it's weird. Like every country plays hockey differently, right? Like Canada mm-hmm. was always like the bullies at one point, but also skilled. And that's still kind of the way it is, but the Czechs play like a different game. Like it's weird. And then the Swiss are fast, but also trap and like Sweden, like every country plays hockey differently. So what was it like playing in Czech? So they're very one-on-one ish. Like they want one-on-one. So like I'm a North American player through and through, like I like passing the puck. I use my teammates. Supporting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like I need help. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I can't do that by myself. And so in Czech, I would like have the puck in the corner. And then if the guy was on me, I would like cycle it down the wall or try, you know, try to get a cycle going and nobody the would be there for the cycle. Like the other, no one ever. No, no one. And the coach would yell at me. It took like, it took me like two months to figure it out. The coach would yell at me and he'd be like, Alex, you must skate. You no pass. And I was like, on me. Yeah. You were right in the middle of getting better internet is what you're doing. Oh God. You went out again. Keep going. I, I, see, he, yeah. The coach <laughs> would yell at me and he was like, Alex, you know, skate, you know, pass the puck. And I was like, cause he didn't want me to pass the puck. He wanted me to just take the puck and go score. And I was like, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that, man. I need to pass to someone. And then they pass it back and, and so, then you score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, they ended up, they ended up getting me with some younger Czech guys who played in the OHL and uh, were like Americanized a little bit. And, uh, and then we found our spot on the third line and they loved me. I was on the third line and it was perfect. No, that, yeah, that you got to find a role, right? Like every team, you got to find where you fit. And it's, it always is weird at the start of a season when like the coach is figuring out where everybody fits. And those, that first month on a hockey team, especially in Europe, man, it changes your season drastically. If you have a good first month, like I was always a fast starter. So I like, I, I, mm. I, yeah. Cause I would die it all summer, you know, cause you know, and then things would get away from me around Christmas time <laughs> in Germany with the Christmas markets, you know? So, oh, um, yeah. so you, so I guess that's, that actually is a good segue, even though I didn't mean to do it is uh, you go from there to Mannheim, Germany, which is, um, as the kids would call it, the tits, right? In Germany is going to Mannheim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I had an opportunity. So this goes back to you talking about you can't go up in leagues, but you could go down. So when I left Czech, uh, they stopped playing me like near the end of my second year. Like they were trying to get rid of me and blah, blah, blah. So I was going to go somewhere. And um I had an opportunity to go to the Finnish Finland to the Finnish league to go to Espo. And uh, my brother-in-law, he was in Helsinki in IFK. And I should have looking back went to Finland first at the end of the year, instead of Mannheim and tried my hand there in Finland. And then, you know, if I didn't stay in Finland the next year, then I, maybe I could have gone to Germany. But uh, yeah, I was just there for the last couple months of the season, but their roster was set. 
they were pretty much just looking for like an extra guy. And I didn't know that. They didn't tell me that. And, and, uh, and that's what, had, yeah. So are you your own agent at that point? Um, no, I had an agent. I had a year, like a European agent. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. That's his but, fault. But, Don't blame yourself. That's but, his fault. Yeah. And like, but they said, you know, we need a guy, we have an import who's injured and we need someone now and you'll be playing. And then by the time I got there, he was back and it was like, oh, okay. So it just kind of was like one of those things, but yeah, no. And so like, I've just heard of Banheim cause they, they have like, I played for Hellbron in the second league and we would go there mm-hmm. to practice. Cause we were kind of like their farm team. We'd take all their young punks that were like 17, 18. And um, mm-hmm. we'd go there to practice at the start of the season. They'd have iPads out. They'd be doing all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be exhausting, like playing in Europe. And then they got all that crap on you and telling you what to do all day, every day. Was it like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I didn't love Mannheim. Yeah, I didn't love Mannheim. It was very, like, poshy and, like, the best you know like the best and the best are there and it was just never it didn't mesh like they always did well during the year but playoffs they always busted yeah because it's like it, they, it's it they're just they're, they pay for a team they're not a team they pay for a team yeah so i didn't like it I, but the next year Israelone, i loved Israelone. i i that was like loved it it was just, like your blue collar I'm trying to think. Where is Iserlone? Is that by uh, Dusseldorf? Um, so about an hour. So it's like it's 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 like thirty minutes from Dortmund. Do you know Dortmund? Oh, I know the name, but like I I was always like Southern uh, Germany. Like, so I I, I would yeah, only so go was, up like, around there. Like I went the to Dusseldorf. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's about it's about an hour from south of Dusseldorf. It's like in a triangle with Cologne, Dusseldorf. And like Israelone, it's in like a triangle type. It's right there. Yeah. So you Small. you loved it there then? That was good. Yeah, they had, you know, what we just talked about. Like it was what you mentioned on your team. You were like family team. Like a game. You know, after a game, we would all go out and grab a beer and watch like Red Zone NFL or something. And it was like, it was just. It was awesome. People hung out, all the wives hung out, kids, whatever, like whatever it was, at least, you know, seven guys would get together after a game or, or even after practice. Like it was always hanging out and being a, like, it's just a good team. So that makes it so much better over there. That makes it like, so what happened for me was when I first went over there, that's how it was. We were a family, we were a team. Then we had the years where we weren't, especially the imports. Um, and, yeah. then, and then all of a sudden I had that again. And you, you don't really appreciate it until you've gone through times where you don't have it. So you guys go and kind of threw it in the check. And um, then you go to Mannheim and then you're in Iserlone and you, you have it again. And then that's when you really appreciate it being a family and a team, right? For sure. And it was like that my first year in Isolone, like three quarters of the, or nearing the end of the season or whatever, we were out of playoffs and they haven't made playoffs in like 12 years or something at this time. And we were like down and out, we had some injuries or whatever, but we had to win like 14 
we had to win like 13 out of like 16 games to like give ourselves a chance kind of thing. And, and we did, we, we won, like, we literally went like 13, one and one in like the last 15 games. And then we made our way into like the playoff or like the playout, you know, like, yeah, like the pre-playoff and we were playing against Munich and it was like eight or sorry, seven plays 10 and we were 10th. Can't cut out there. The playoffs. You like can't the, you can't cut out when you're saying you're seven plays ten. Seven's playing ten and seven did you beat plays them? ten. We were tenth and we played Munich and we beat them two games to one. And then we made playoff. Like so the whole year was like it was so awesome. And fans were loving it. Fans were loving it. The city was going bonkers. And it was just like so much fun. So much fun. Ah, oh, man, when you play over in Europe and you're on one of those teams that aren't supposed to win it, that end up doing something like, like you said, you're not supposed to even make the playoffs and then you do. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost like winning a championship over there. It really, yeah. it, 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 it's weird. And, uh, it, it's very, it, it is. it's very different. Okay. Now I agree. Uh, and it, the fans like just love it. Hmm. But when you're supposed to be one of the better teams and then you lose, um, that's when they really hate you. Um, like yeah. they, they, they can get a hatred on for you. Like, man, you would think you've done something very seriously, personally wrong to them is how mad they are. Yeah. But anyway, so true. Okay. So what's the decision then to go from is loan Germany. So now we've been to Praha, Czech Republic. We now, <laughs> we've been to Deutschland. Now we're going yep. to um, Italy, Balzano. How do you come go there? I don't know how I made it there. It was like, I did pretty well in Germany. I had like 41 points my first year. And then my second year, I had like 34 points, like two good seasons. for the On a DEL. bad team. Yeah, on a bad team. Yeah, and then I just didn't have anything. Like no one, I don't know what happened. No one, Israel wanted to go a different direction with me, even though I wore the A and the C at some points throughout the season, but wore the A all season. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to go a different direction and then I just didn't have anything. And I went like mid or I went a little bit late to Balzano. I, I didn't, that's all I had. And yeah, it's stressful. eh? when it, it, all of a sudden, like, and like you're at that point, you're committed to being a hockey player. You are a hockey player. There is no thoughts totally. in your head of retiring, of not doing it. You've had a great year in the DEL. You'd never even think of it. And it's, it, it, like, obviously you're, you're, you're a level up from me, but I had a similar situation where I'm in this, I'm in this, the Danish elite league or whatever the hell it's called. And I finished second in the league in scoring and we win the championship and they decided mm-hmm. to go a different direction. And then all of a sudden I have nothing. And it's like July, I got a toddler and a baby on the way. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? But like, you don't think yeah. of anything but being a hockey player because you are you've been so immersed with it your entire life to ever think of doing anything else never even crosses your mind and so true right and then Balzano comes up finally but you must have been stressed 
Yeah, I mean, I went in like late September, which is late, or like mid, yeah, mid to late September. And the money pretty much was like cut in half from what I made like the previous year to, to there, which is a huge thing. And I was like getting out of shape because like I trained throughout the summer, but then everyone leaves, like there's no ice and like things just kind of fall apart a little bit at home. So it's like, I'm now getting like out of shape and it just, I mean, I pieced it together, but I started off really slow there. Uh, and then finally, you know, hit my groove a little bit and they started realizing that I could play and they started playing a little bit more and found a groove with some line mates and, and, um, but yeah, so it ended up being a fun year still, but, but yeah, it's not I, like, that was like the beginning of the end for me, like that year in my mind. No. Yeah. Like I, I find, um, to me, I find it quite interesting. The, the, the wage differences people make in Europe, considering how close in talent all the imports are, um, like sure. you, like you said, you, you, you took half the salary to go to the, I don't know what they call it. The Ebel, E-B-E-L, whatever. Yeah. 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 So you, but anyway, so you take half the money, like, but like, you're still the same player. It's just like, you're, it's like someone said to me, you're worth what, what someone will pay you. And um, yeah. it's, it's weird how they decide who to pay sometimes. Yeah. And Italy or I mean, the Austrian league, but that's the only team in Italy in the league, but their ownership is like run by like an Italian, not mob, but like he, he didn't pay on time. If he, if they paid, they were still owing guys from like the year before that were never paid out. It, it took like a lot to get our money. Like we had to like threaten to sue and had like a lawyer, like by the end of the year to get our playoff bonus and stuff. Like it was stupid. It was stupid. Yeah, no, that, that happens over there. There is no doubt about that, that players should know where they're going, but so you go for that season. Okay. And, um, I guess, so now, now, now you're, you're heading down to the leagues I'm involved in, uh, just to let you know, this is where, you know, this is where, this is one of my honey holes, the, the, the UK elite league, um, so uh, you played for the Belfast Giants. Um, how do you end up there? Is Adam, who's the coach there? Is it's not Adam Kiefer? Is he a player? Uh, he was a player at the time. It was Derek Walzer at the time who was the player coach. Right. Yeah. You had a player coach. How was then, that? Yeah, Derek Walzer. He. Uh, it was okay. He he did okay for for balancing being the coach. And then playing, he did he he did a decent he did a decent job. I thought. I mean, I wouldn't really be able to work that or maneuver that, but but yeah, it was okay. Yeah. So any any like I've been to Belfast for a couple trips with the Cardiff Devils, and uh, it seems like an mm-hmm. incredible city. Like it really does. It seems like like it seems like a great place, and the and the fans. Yeah, it's man, good. They, they got a great organization there. It seems like. I, like, I, I think yeah, it, uh, I'm just going to say this. I'm uh, like, as I played with Walzer in Syracuse and um, mm-hmm. like, I, I wasn't close with him. I don't know him um, really. Um, but I think if you would have gone there and played for Adam Keith, 
Um, I think you probably would have really enjoyed it there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also too, like I had some injury. I hurt my knee going into the season. Like I had hurt my knee. I needed like my knee, I needed knee surgery. I, I had to get a scope. So like, I just didn't start the season healthy. And then I was just playing catch up all year. Uh, I was doing my school and they were mad at, they were mad at me all year because they were expecting me not to be, uh, it just like, wasn't good. I guess it wasn't good. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that's how it went. Um, I, I understand though. Like when you come from the leagues, you came and from the team, at, the team. It, yeah, go ahead. Go. I was just going to say, yeah, the city, like you were saying, the city and the team. And I had like a fun time. Like I liked the guys, like I had a good time, but hockey wise, like I was not nowhere near 100%. And I just like, they were mad at me like all year. Right. And that's tough. It, when you know, you're not playing well, um, when you know, you're not playing well, that's when, uh, that sucks. It sucks when you're not playing yeah. good. I had this, I had a similar situation a couple times and like, you know, when, especially nowadays when you look back on it and you're like, yeah, yeah I could see why they wanted to change. Like I was not where I should have been. Right. Yeah. I, I, I should have just like not went cause I needed knee surgery like in the summer. Like I had to get my knee scoped in the summer. I should have just not went at all until I was healthy, I guess, or just retired or something. I don't know. So did you said you did school over there? Did you get your MBA? So I didn't finish because they, I was on a two year deal, like part-time MBA. So it took the two hockey seasons to complete. I completed the first year. And then in the summer leading into the second year, they just called me and said, we're just going to pull the plug on you. And they just took my school deal from me, even though I didn't think you could do that. And uh, they like released me. So like I have half of my MBA done. I never finished. Um, um, who's the coach at that point in the, the that summer? Uh, well, so it was, uh, Thornton, uh, what's his, I yeah, don't, Steve. I don't even know his first name. It was the, G, it was the GM. Yeah. Steve Thornton. Yeah. Uh, that's tough to hear. Um, yeah, I was like the first person I ever did that to apparently. Hmm. Cause I was in, cause my knee, like, cause of my knee wasn't, uh, like it was fine for that year. Like I ended up playing that year in the coast. And I played all year. So like I was able to play, but they just like pulled the plug and didn't let me finish school. They like took my school deal and said, bye. So I was like, um, huh. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know what? That's the, that is the first bad thing I've heard about the, the, the giants organization, like uh, in my time, um, that's a bad one. That's not a good look. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that, yeah. uh, I, I, um, that, but that, you know what, sometimes the truth is the truth. And, uh, you know yeah. what, it may, it, it brings me back to my negotiations and why I am such a Cardiff devils fan and why I've had the owner on my podcast is because, um, 
when I was doing my negotiations to go to the UK league, because I was similar to yourself, the UK league was like a way step down from when we ever went to Europe. We would have never even thought of going there. But then they bring up the school yeah. and then you're like, okay, I'm into it. Let's do the school. And Sheffield Steelers offered me the two-year package. And um, the Cardiff Devils mm-hmm. said, you can do the NBA in one year. And I thought, geez, why do I want to do it in two years when I could do it in one year? And then I thought, huh, like I may as well just buckle down and get her done. And um, then uh, what happened was uh, I watched what the Sheffield Steelers do to players. And I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, they fire players. Like they, they send them home. God, what happened to you? And I went to Cardiff. I had, I had a very bad start. I had a bad knee. So listening to your story just is shocking to me because I had a bad knee. I I had a terrible start. I was signed there to be the guy to score all the goals. And I started out awful and I knew I was awful and I couldn't figure it out. I knew I would, I did eventually figure it out and it all got better. And like, if I would have done that on different teams, like what happened to you, I wouldn't have my MBA yeah. now. And um, I would have a real sour taste in my mouth with the place and how they did their business because you signed a contract and you get, you say, yeah. you say I'm getting this. Like I I'm just the type of person that like you put your mouth at you, you, you stand by what you say. I that's what I am. And when I hear the stories around, for hockey, sure. When I when I hear the stories around hockey, it just drives me insane. And I'm so happy that you have your business now and your company now, and that it didn't affect you that much. But man, you must have been so angry. I was well, and then they were like, "You can still finish it. You just have to pay for it." And I was like, well, that's the whole point. That's why I came to your team is to not pay for my school. Like, I'm not going to pay 10,000 pounds or whatever it was to finish my, no, I'm not doing it. So yeah, I was pissed, but whatever. Wow. Um, yeah. Geez. I put on the old Instagram story of the Belfast Giants fans are going to be excited about the next couple episodes, but maybe they're not. So yeah, they, they actually, they did it to a couple other players after me, once they got the hang of it with me, they, they let like one or two other people go into their second year of NBA and let them go as well. Like Cole Jarrett. Do you remember that name? Cole Jarrett? Absolutely. I do. Yeah. I broke. Yeah. He like broke my arm in my under 17 camp as a kid, but yeah, yeah no, perfect. I don't know him, but like, yeah, no, I just remember that. Like, yeah, that's just a thing that happens, right? Like he was bigger and stronger when I was 16 and he's, he broke my arm, but yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, Wait. no. So they did that to him too. Really? Yeah. Like a year or two later and he had, yeah. And so they pulled the plug on him and yeah, it was just, they're just, I mean, yeah, whatever. No, like, um, that's interesting because you know what I like this podcast is about the truth and it's about what hockey journeys are like. And, um, for a guy that is thinking about going over for their MBA, um, and signing up for, um, a contract they think they're getting, um, you should absolutely know the the whole situation because, 
this doesn't need to happen to another person in my eyes. Yeah. And, and they, they hide behind like a UK law, like the way the UK rules or laws are written. Like you could, you can give a two week notice and then they can let you go. And I was like, so what, what's the point of me signing a two year contract? So I can't leave on the two week notice. And his internet, you cut out again. Did it? No, you I, know what's going to happen I, I, is when, when you cut out, I'm going to fill in the gap. As soon as I see your your mouth go, oh, I'm going to be like, I'm in. <laughs> go ahead, though, though. But like when they say a two, two-year contract, but they can get out in two weeks, but you can't. So is that fair? Yeah, exactly. So that's what they hid behind telling me that. And I was just like, yeah. So I, I, I like tried to sue them. And yeah, it was, they settled, like we didn't go to court or whatever. And like, they ended up like paying me an extra, like 2000 pounds or something stupid. And that was it. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. The, the stories I hear on this are just outrageous. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a long time ago. Maybe it's changed. Who knows? Um, huh. Yeah, no. Maybe it has. <laughs> um, that's why you, you go to the Cardiff Devils who have a one-year program, folks. And that's why if you have a bad knee and they're like locked into you for two years, they're like, you know what? Let's just ride this year out and see what happens. And then you turn it around and you do good. And then all of a sudden they want yeah. you back for another year. And then it doesn't really doesn't work out. But anyways, yeah. yep. next, next, next question then. So obviously we know that story. Jeepers. That sucks. Um, yeah. so for the first time in your career now, now you've gotten down to my level. You're, you're down there. You're, you, you've, you've got to the UK league. Uh, we could, we could have mixed it up around there, but, uh, now you're, you're getting down to like my rookie year here. So now you're heading to the coast. Hey, eh? yeah. I mean, I was planning on. You cut out again. I'm going to talk until you're back. This is ridiculous. My goodness. Go ahead. I, I stopped talking. I stopped talking. I stopped talking. So I was planning on retiring uh, that year, like, but I didn't have, I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was doing. Like I basically played that next year in the coast. Cause I had nothing else going on, like nothing. <clears throat> so I just, I, yeah, that was it. That's like, that's the story. No, I so, don't. I I, so I I ended up in. Yeah. So you're planning on being done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No. So you plan on being done, and then what happens if Belfast happens, and then all of a sudden you don't have the second year of your MBA. You're back at home, and it's like my knee took the second guessing out of it. My knee determined I could no longer play. Um. So when it came around to August, early September, um, when all, all the stuff's happening in the hockey world, like it was not an option for me. Like I had no job. Yeah. I had no opportunities. I had no, nothing going on, but my knee determined I couldn't go back. Your knee didn't determine that. So then you fall into the thing where a lot of players do, right? It's like, well, how can I join the real world? when someone's offered me to do play hockey and what well yeah i mean i was like 
looking, kind of looking for opportunities because it was like right at the point of either I'm sitting at home looking for something or I could go right now and make, you know, 700 bucks a week or whatever it was. So it was like a means to an end, I guess. But yeah, like my knee wasn't good either. Like I was like not good either. <laughs> like ice baths every single time I skated, like couldn't bend my knee that well like not good but yeah, yeah you get broken by the end um yeah what was wrong with your knee i'm just curious because i feel like i'm a knee doctor now <laughs> i just had so i've had uh a uh, scope meniscus on both knees and then on one of the knees i had a medial and a lateral meniscus so i on one knee it was twice and on the other knee it was like the lateral or something mm. but I never got into the meniscus. That's not my expertise. Okay. Uh, you're just ACL straight up or what? PCL. Yeah. No, me uh, and that's why me and Connor McDavid have a bond. Maybe he'll come on the podcast someday <laughs> because he's the only other one, but uh, he had different doctors and people taking care of him than I did. Right. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> difference between you two. <laughs> that's right. We have the same physical, physical physique and, Whatnot. Yeah, everything's the same. Just you guys had different doctors. And you just <laughs> feel differently. Good time for you to cut out there. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Okay. <laughs> um. But no, I. You know what? Like, so what's the decision then? Obviously, it's pretty simple when your knees like that and you're in the coast. Uh, my question is, is are the kids and wife there in the coast? Are they coming along for that trip? Well, yeah. So it was back in Toronto. So we, we actually were there for the six or seven years. So I was able to go back to, you know, my family lives there, grandparents, cousins. Like, so it was like, we stayed in one of their apartments and I was able to see family the whole year. So it was like, it was like a farewell tour pretty much. And okay. So that's why it was, I forgot my research team's getting forgetful here at the end of the episode. That was, you played in Brampton. That makes sense then. Yeah. 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 So that, that was like the main reason why that I was like, okay with like switching teams and going to Brampton. And then it was like, it was, it was good. It was fine. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, okay, well, then that's the farewell tour. So I think we've gone through the whole thing. This is the story, the life and times of Alex Foster. So for his kids, what were their names? Jack and Piper. Jack and Piper. We have this documented now for the rest of your lives. And um, if you ever want to hear about your old man's career before he got into uh, um, giving people mortgages, um, I, it sounded more exciting before. Just saying. It sounded more exciting. I, I, I know mortgages are exciting. But the story I've heard for the last hour or so sounds a lot more interesting. So I hope your kids enjoy this someday. And uh, you got anything else to say? No, I just, I'm, I've never done the podcast before. So I'm, I appreciate you bringing me on, man. And it's bringing back all these old memories of talking about Europe and Toronto and the NHL and all this stuff. So it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, man, that's actually why I did it. I, I was asked, kindly asked enough to do two and I did them and I thought, wow, what a, what an interesting concept and in that I could do this for my friends yeah. and um, they could have this for their wives and kids. And you know what, until it's documented, it's not documented. And uh, like it now, this, now this is documented, even though you got the shittiest internet yet, folks, he, he does win the title of I'm, sh- I'm with you. Shittiest internet yet, I, uh, folks. That's Michigan though. It catches up though. When you, when you freeze, I, it brings all your words through quickly and I'm caught right up. No, I know. It's just, there's been a couple times where you're right in the heart of like meeting Matt Sundin and you're like, and you're like, well, <laughs> um, my kids are, are watching Peppa Pig right now or whatever it is. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> so true. No, but it's, this has been awesome, man. For a guy like I honestly, like I, like we don't know each other, but like now I feel like I know you. Yeah. And we, if we ever saw each other, we'd have a beer, shoot the shit about what we just did, man. This is fun. Hell yeah. Like, I love this stuff. Hell yeah. I sure. do. For I re- sure. I'm we'll, having the time. Of- we'll get a, re- we'll get a reunion. We'll get a reunion out in Western Michigan. We'll get, we'll get an old, like the golf tournament. You probably got something going on for the alumni weekend. What do we got? Well, they've been trying to get our class there for a long time. And um, let's go. Well, we, we, we have not made it yet. I was in Europe um, and um, there were some hard feelings there by the end for some of my classmates. Um, we haven't been back, but um, you know what? The, the whole crew of us um, were, I think we're ready. I think we're there. It's just, let's get this COVID thing over. So then uh, yeah. we can all Molsey. We'll get Molsey out there. Oh, you know, Molsey. Oh, I played in Sioux Falls with him and he's local. Spaghetti wrists. It's <laughs> so true. Oh my God. It's not the hard. Not shoot the puck. It's not the uncooked pasta. It's the cooked pasta folks. He's got spaghetti wrists. He could not, he just like, he could do everything else, but just man, just shoot it harder. Like just learn how to snap it. (laughs) Right. It was like, it was like on, it was actually not believable. Like no one can be playing at that level and not shoot the puck like that. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, I don't I, know if it's the lie. I, I don't know if it's the lie, the flex, the or the spaghetti wrists. That's what we. I was it. It was. That, I. I don't know if that's the name. Maybe I've improved with my that's chirping funny. later in life, but I don't that's know. Funny. We. Yeah. So Malsy's still around. You now. Well, we we haven't like I haven't we randomly will chat on Facebook or say hi. So I haven't seen him in many years but i played junior with him and yeah he's local he's not too far from me yeah no well man this has been great and uh every time i have a real nhl or on it's a pretty big deal and you know what the podcast just grew um three games closer to a thousand games played in the nhl um so yes. thank you. Thank you. Uh, Darcy, yes. Darcy Vero had, I think about 32 or 33. You had three and, uh, yeah, yeah. Weidman had a bunch. So we're, we're getting close to, I, I would say we're close to 800. And I think Pat Dwyer is going to, uh, 
He's going to, he, well, he'll be the one that gets us over the, the thousand games played. So if any fans or listeners want to give me some kind of a present for my thousandth game played on a podcast, feel free. The it's jersey, good. the jersey, the thousand. That, yeah, he's cutting out again, folks. This is absurd. Look the at thousand stitched right on the back. Yeah, thousand, thousand games played for the podcast. That's a pretty big deal. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You deserve it, man. That's all you. <laughs> it only took me like it only took me like forty episodes, but we're almost there. <laughs> love it. Hey, buddy. I honestly though, when I hear your career and I hear everything you did, I I think it's awesome. I think uh, you've got to live some pretty crazy things in your life and experience some highs, some lows have kids all over the place. And then you found uh, your honey hole after hockey and you seem passionate about it. You seem into it. So everything's good. eh? I love it, buddy. I appreciate it. And then uh, I'm looking forward to starting to listen to some of these episodes. So keep them going. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got no idea what I've been up to, buddy. This is twice a week, whether you <laughs> like it or not. And that has been another episode of two ales and hockey tales. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a girl, man.